this is WTM. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the Trump show. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W-G-M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand spanking new episode of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. My safe word is keep going. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Positivity. I'm a fucking idiot. I'm a fucking idiot. Stopped it early for you this time. Uh, <laughs> brutal. One more episode after this. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I hope that's the end. It's too much. Mm-hmm. We get it. <laughs> we get it. I lost. You lost, but... Speaking from your point of view. You do not. Don't speak for me. Don't put words in my mouth. It's a weird expression. (laughs) Well, today we are wrapping up our focus on movies from our youth with Little Big League, a Minnesota classic. It's a homer in more ways than one. Mm -hmm. Except you're not the biggest fan of it, (laughs) right? (laughs) I remember seeing it. I, I probably saw it in the theater. I don't know if I've seen it since it was in the theater until I watched it for this episode. And uh, other than the basic premise, it's very forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me. In fact, I, I hope I took good notes because I don't know if I'm going to remember too many details. Not that I would die on the hill of saying this is a magnificent piece of filmmaking, but... I have very fond memories watching this as a kid, and uh, nostalgia plays a role in me still liking it to this day. I think, you know, obviously uh, when I was a kid, I liked baseball quite a bit, followed baseball, followed the Twins, probably followed the Braves more because they were on the the TBS, the Superstation, and they were actually good, (laughs) but uh, uh, all those things uh, definitely... Uh, led me to enjoy it more as a kid. Now that uh, I haven't followed baseball in about 10 years, and I don't remember most of the players from the early 90s from when this movie was made, it doesn't doesn't give me as much nostalgia as maybe uh, you you got out of it. But uh, I don't know. I, I would say... You know, as a as a Minnesotan, it's always good to have a, a a hometown connection like that in a movie. This was another baseball strike movie. Yeah, <laughs> wanted to uh, use the ballpark for something. <laughs> oh, shout out to a guy from work, Brad. He was in uh, he was in an extra in the final scene of this triumphant film, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, unconfirmed. But uh, yeah, this was also during a time where this was peak Minnesota filmmaking time. There was about a five-year stretch in the 90s when so many films were being made here. Along with the Mighty Ducks movies and the Grumpy Old Men and Fargo. 
Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. Drop Dead Gorgeous. Plenty of them. Feeling Minnesota, which I've never seen. <laughs> is that actually, is that actually uh, filmed there? I guess I wouldn't know, but I would hope Did you see that the, it was, because it was, especially came out in the 90s, so you'd think it would have been. Did you say uh, Drop Dead Fred? No, forgot about that, too. That's Drop a Minnesota. Yeah. And plus, the uh, Twins had just won the World Series in 87 and 91. So even in 93, when this was being made, there was still big shit. Yeah. It was a big get. They were, uh, well, I'd say the uh, the movie is pretty uh, accurate for the mid to late 90s Twins. As far as the team's uh, ability to win games. Yeah, after 91, they... Basically went into hibernation for about 10 years. And then they had 10 years where they were really good. Well, I wouldn't say really good, but they won a lot of divisional titles. Yeah. Well, the one year, uh, 06, probably should have won the World Series, but, you know, choke artists against the Yankees. It's funny because in this movie, uh, twin killing, uh, twins sweep Yankees. I'm like, this has got to be the last time the twins swept the Yankees. (laughs) That's 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 the that's the least believable thing in this movie is that the twins would go to yankee stadium and sweep the yankees Uh, i think we did win a series in yankee stadium like maybe five years ago yeah that's about it just sweep them no no but uh yeah at 06 we had the al cy young winner the mvp and the, the batting title champion couldn't get past the first round choke choke yeah classic minnesota although the twins they're the only minnesota twin uh minnesota team that has won a world championship excuse me brad other (laughs) other than the wnba champion minnesota Lynx. what about the minneapolis lakers what are they four times yeah yeah but the lakers won the titles when there was like six teams and they're all white (laughs) and they didn't have free agents I think maybe 1960 was their last one, or maybe 59. That was right when they moved, basically. It was before they moved, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> they got that George Mirasan statue over at the Target Center. George Mirasan? No, what's his name? Not <laughs> yeah, George, George Mirasan is my giant. Yeah, what's his, <laughs> who am I thinking of? Oh, wait. I forget. <laughs> this is the big guy who wore glasses and played center. Yeah, for, for the, the Minneapolis Lakers. Yeah, I forget his name now too, but that's embarrassing. I should know that. I'm gonna. Well, look, can look it, up. it up while I. I'm uh, gonna look it up. I'll give the details here for a little big league. Pretty sure his name is George. From 1994, directed by Andrew Scheinman. Let's see what else did he do? I produced a lot of stuff, like A Few Good Men and Stand by Me, When Harry Met Sally. I just read the. Trivia, it said that was his last uh, film, last role as a film director. Yeah, uh, look at his IMDb page. This is the only film he directed. <laughs> Little Big League. It was George Mikan. Yes, George Mikan. This film stars Luke Edwards as Billy Haywood. Timothy Busfield as Luke Collins. See, I wasn't that far off. Mike and Murison. <laughs> George M., should have just said George M. Yeah. You know who I mean. John Ashton as Mac McNally. 
Then his last name was McNally. Well, I assume Mac isn't his real first name. Yeah. Well, I mean, they write it as if it's his first name on here. Everyone's first and last, and his is Mac McNally. I think it's not in quotation marks. I think on the the movie credits, they didn't have his last name. I think they just call him Mac. Okay. But IMDb took liberties. Ashley Crow plays Jenny Haywood, Billy's mother. Kevin Dunn plays Arthur Goslin. Billy Sullivan is Chuck. Miles Fulner is Joey. Jonathan Silverman is Jim Bowers. Dennis Farina is George O'Farrell. Jason Robards, Thomas Haywood, grandfather. Wolfgang Bodison is Spencer Hamilton. Dwayne Davis is Jerry Johnson. Joseph Lattimore is Lonnie Ritter. Michael Papa John is <laughs> Tucker Kane. Scott Patterson is Mike McGreevy. He's kind of the main villain. Jeff Garland shows up here as a uh, Little League manager in the beginning. Uh-huh. John Beasley is Roberts. He's the security guard. And, uh, there's some cameos from people he, uh, in here. Let's see. Oh, I also have to mention Brock Pierce as Sydney. We talked about Brock Pierce we in our Mighty Ducks episode. We, we don't need to talk about Brock <laughs> Pierce. Chris Berman as himself. And we also have Ken Griffey Jr. and Randy the Big Unit Johnson. That's what they call him. Mm-hmm. The Big Unit. Big Lefty. The Big Unit. <laughs> Remember when he killed a bird with his uh, <laughs> fastball? That was sweet. <laughs> one of the best uh, highlights in the history of baseball. We got Lou Pinella in there. We got yep. uh, Pudge Rodriguez, Sandy Elmar Jr., Carlos Baerga. Uh, who else? Wally Joyner, Paul O'Neill, Rafael Palmero. I did not take steroids, <laughs> except I did. Is he still in the minors? Didn't he? Palmero to... wins. What? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Didn't Palmero try to make a comeback in the in the minors a couple years ago? Uh... Like he could still hit, but like he no, can't wasn't do that just, shit wasn't else. that Jose Canseco? No, Jose Canseco never left. Well, I thought he went down to Mexico to play in some leagues. Yeah, he never he never got out of baseball. <laughs> I guess he did the surreal life and he did some celebrity boxing, but Palmero was going to come back uh, and uh, pretty sure he did uh, a couple of games at, I don't know, maybe it was an independent league or something. And I think he hit pretty well, but like he couldn't run or I don't know if he was playing DH, if they even made him try to field. But uh, I, fe- I think he might have got hurt or something and he had to quit. I saw a story the other day about contract negotiations with the Brewers, and I think it's Christian Yelich. Yelich, I, I think he was the MVP last year. Yeah. And they were going to offer him a contract, and it was going to pay him until he's fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Who do they think he is, Bobby Bonilla? <laughs> and like, so I would assume he could pretty much retire damn near at any time. You know, the Mets are still paying Bobby Bonilla. Are they still? <laughs> still on the payroll. <laughs> yep. Still in the accounts payable. 
All right. Synopsis. A young boy is bequeathed the ownership of a professional baseball team. Short and sweet, but it kind of omits. The, and then <laughs> omits the main <laughs> plot of this of the film where he becomes the manager of said baseball team. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he it gets does take about 27 minutes for him to become the manager. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. <laughs> what was the name of that uh, umpire you were talking about? Famous umpire. Joe West. Is that Joe West in here? No, it's okay. an actor, but okay. he's probably portraying Joe West. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. We're introduced to Billy Haywood at a, Little League baseball game, and he is terrible at baseball. Did you notice it was uh, an event held by the Edina Baseball Association? Cake Eaters Baseball Association? Cake Eaters. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how does nobody know the rules except for Billy? Even the umpire. Like, "Uh, Billy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait. (laughs) They had a... uh, Runners on first and second, or was it? So- yeah, it was first and second. They get a fly ball. It goes over the outfielder's head. Mm-hmm. The outfielder throws it back in, and uh, get the lead runner rounds third, goes home. The guy behind him's on coming to third. The batter is just running like a bat out of hell. Mm-hmm. Ball goes to home plate. They run the lead runner back to third. The second guy is already on third, and then the batter is going for a triple. And so we got three guys on third base. And everybody's out. <laughs> everybody's, everybody's safe. <laughs> it was worth a try. Jeff Garland, everybody's safe. Yeah. <laughs> it was worth a try. I took a shot. And so I, I forget what it, Billy tells him what the rule was. I forget what it was. It, Base goes to the lead runner, and then the other same two thing happened out. in such and such a yeah. year between whatever team. Because Billy knows every little trivia nugget. Basically, he knows every what happened at for every pitch of every baseball game <laughs> that ever happened, pretty much, which is impossible. Yeah, he's twelve. Mm-hmm. So we know how smart he's a savant. We know. Okay? How, his Aspergers. He does seem a little Rain Man-ish. Well, he has that weird mannerism because he's a terrible actor, Luke Edwards. <laughs> so every time he's talking to people, he always throws his hands up in the air like he's, you know, if we don't start winning, you know, if we don't start having fun, you know, then I'll I'll quit the team. He always just keeps on throwing his hands in the air. You know, I was so confused. Offering what, them out. When I, when I went to the IMDb page and uh, the picture of Billy Haywood, the actor who played Billy Haywood, was an adult. An adult. Uh, because most of the times when you go look up one of these movies from uh, back in the day and uh, it's a kid's movie and the lead actor is a kid, the picture is uh, of a kid because they got out of acting after that movie came out. Mm-hmm. But somehow Billy Haywood uh, has prolonged his career long <laughs> enough to get a grown-up picture of himself on IMDb. Sure has. So... You know, Billy comes up the bat. He's got a, his friends tell him to hit a home run, and then his other friend says, "Don't do that. He's going to swing too hard. He's going to miss, strike out." And then he sucks at playing baseball. Yeah, and then they're like, "Well, just do whatever." And he loses the game because he's Billy, mm-hmm. and he 
and he knows the rules he can't play he's not he's not somebody <laughs> who can play the game those who can't teach <laughs> that's right so uh, yeah the, his mom and grandpa take him out to uh have some ice cream yeah the local dairy freeze <laughs> i couldn't tell if it was dairy queen or what kind of a it looked like a local shop yeah and you commented about how nobody really recognizes Billy's well, grandpa. Well, Although, the, right when the scene starts, somebody taps him on the shoulder and like, hey. You yeah. Know, but, well, well, his friend is like, your dad has more money than Thurston Howell the third. Or your speaking gra- of which, I got a clip. Your grandpa. Oh, I won't imitate it. Here we go. You know, it's so weird. Your grandfather's like the richest man in the world. And nobody here even knows. They'll just think he's a normal person. Yes. You think he's richer than Mr. Howell? Who? Thurston Howell, the third. You know, the guy from Gilligan's Island. I don't know. Maybe. What do you mean, maybe? He's gotta be. Billy, your grandfather owns the Minnesota Twins. There's no way Mr. Howell has that much money. Why not? He could. Think about it. If Mr. Howell was all that rich, what was he doing taking a cruise on the SS Minnow? Remember, guys, eat as many of these as you possibly can for the next 15 years. Because after that, you can't eat anything that tastes good for the rest of your life. Thanks, Mr. H. Hmm? Yeah, good tip. That's a wonderful tip. Say, you fellas uh, want to go to the ball game with us tonight? I can't. Got to go to my grandma's. I'm grounded. You're not making up excuses because the twins are losing. You're not front runners, are you? No way. I'd rather see the worst team ever than go to my grandma's. Okay, it's only May. A lot can happen. Mr. Haywood, are you as rich as Jed Clampett? Chop. I piss on Jed Clampett. <laughs> <laughs> His grandpa's pretty funny in that scene. Yeah. But uh, but then he dies. <laughs> <laughs> in other scenes, he's not as funny. I piss <laughs> on Jack Clampett. <laughs> You're not front runners, are you? Which is kind of typical of certain Minnesota sports fans. Certain. Certain Minnesota. Because they're so beaten probably. down and downtrodden. They just... It's they can only get up enough energy to cheer when the team's doing really well. Being a diehard uh, Minnesota sports fan is like being in an abusive relationship and not being able to get out. Mm-hmm. Or living in Buffalo. Well, I don't know if it's that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Did the Sabres win an NHL uh, championship? Uh, I think they're pretty good for a while. I don't know if they won. I know they were good. I think they might have made the finals at least. Because it's like, yeah, Vikings famously lost four Super Bowls, but Bills did that in a four row. years in a row. <laughs> Consecutively. That's, I don't know. The only thing worse than losing four is four in a row, I would think. <laughs> and, you know, they don't really have much else there. And It's cold and you're least, in New York, but you're not in the cool part of New York. At least you don't have to jump through plastic tables that are on fire. <laughs> God bless their fans. And then have somebody pee on your back to get it out. <laughs> Maybe they thought he came in contact with a jellyfish. <laughs> Probably wouldn't be an odd sight at a Bill's 
pregame. Yeah. Tailgate. I wouldn't put much past those Buffalo Bills fans. So we don't have to go through the whole movie beat by beat, but we can get the main points. We're pretty much introduced to Dennis Farina sometime pretty soon. He's the manager of the Twins. And as yeah. the grandpa said, the Twins suck. Yeah. Billy's kind of hanging out in the, the clubhouse uh, was it before or after the game. I don't know. But he's he's hanging out in the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Dennis Farina's. He would be cussing up a storm, but it's a PG movie, so he's just yelling about stuff. I mean, it's one of the best parts of this movie, or at least the most interesting, because it's like, God, they're making Dennis Farina act without cursing in a family <laughs> film. Right? So he just has to, you're killing me. You're, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's all, he repeats that about 20 times until he gets fired. It's got to be hard for him. <laughs> I mean, Joe Pesci made up his own curse words. That's true. He should have done. That's true. I will point out, uh, Lou Collins is like the best friend of Billy. Mm-hmm. Say hi to your mom for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to point that out. <laughs> How's your mom? Say hi, <laughs> say hi to her for me. <laughs> so we get a little taste of what the team's like, mm-hmm. and everybody's kind of just, you know, not in a good mood. The manager's a asshole. And, bunch of uh, arch types on the team, silly players, dumb players, greedy players. Yep, no nonsense players. I'm glad we signed Lou to that multi-year contract. He's an all-star. <laughs> he looks redheaded like... all-star in the major leagues. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Of, <laughs> yeah. I can think of another. Well, like... wasn't Pete Rose redheaded? Suppose, but we don't talk about him uh, anymore. Except for he does <laughs> this MLB analyst. Uh, he analyzes the MLB for, for fucking TBS's MLB coverage. What about John Cruck? Was that, would you say that's red is hair? He or is red he just a, brown? I don't know. Maybe like a strawberry blonde. Something. Blake Griffin doesn't play baseball, so. Does he count? He is red I hair. I don't know how that works. He's biracial. What do you mean, does he count? I don't like how you phrase that, Brett. <laughs> I, uh, that's up. Uh, yeah. uh, that's up. Uh, that's up. Uh, uh. I honestly don't know. I don't know what I meant by that. Oh, I don't know if you have a clip of this, but... Uh, Billy's grandpa drops him off at the game after the game at his house, and uh, he has a strange conversation with Billy's mom, given that you don't really know the family dynamic other than Billy spends a lot of time with his grandfather, mm-hmm. and his mom uh, seems to be you know okay with it and takes him to his baseball games and stuff. You don't know anything about Billy's dad, right? And his grandpa says, uh, you know, like, I know you love my son. You don't have a clip, do you? No. Okay. He says, I know you love my son. Your son? Or my grandson? No. Billy's grandfather mm-hmm. says, I know you love my son. Mm. But I think 
It's time. Oh, he's talking about, yeah, she's not moving on past. I, well, you don't know that. The husband. You don't know the, da- the background <laughs> yet. You don't find out that dad's dead until much later. <laughs> it's all a mystery up to this point. You just haven't seen him. You don't know if they're divorced or if he's dead or if he's just working late. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's a workaholic. I don't know. Uh, so he says, I know you love my son, but uh, I think, uh, you know, it'd be good for Billy to have a man around the house. Uh, and I think you could probably think of a thing or two to, to do with a man also. Mm-hmm. Why don't you, uh, you know, go yeah. out with one of my baseball players. <laughs> get out there and get some strange. <laughs> the, I got a whole team of baseball players that are looking <laughs> to fuck you. <laughs> so it sounds like he's trying to pimp out his uh, daughter-in-law. Basically. Or maybe... At the same time, cuck his own son. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> Speaking of which, I, I feel like we missed a great opportunity to talk about the end of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and how the, all the turtles loved just being cucked by Casey Jones while they're watching from the rooftop. <laughs> we didn't bring it up. They're all like, yeah, you go, Casey. Like, we've been trying oh, We've been trying to fuck her the whole movie. <laughs> and we never really liked you, but uh, yeah, give it to her. Each of them were fighting over who could bring the TV into their bedrooms at night. <laughs> is the news on? <laughs> what time is it? People are setting setting the clocks at wrong times so they can grab the TV and sneak it into their room. Oh, I didn't think it was on for another hour yet. Where's the TV? <laughs> Raph got it. <laughs> he told me he was going to go see a movie. <laughs> Critters. <laughs> yeah, go Casey. <laughs> Thanks for hooking up with the woman we all love. <laughs> I love sloppy seconds. <laughs> Kawabunga. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to Little Big League. Oh, man. So, um, uh, yeah, Grandpa wants to take Billy to go see Roger Clemens, but it's, uh, the game is on a school night, and he has a sob story about how he missed seeing, uh, was it Walter Johnson? Is that who he said? I think so. And uh, Billy's mom agrees uh, except for when it comes time for them to go to the game, Billy's grandpa has died. Mm. So he doesn't get to go see Roger Clemens because his grandpa died. Uh, just before we get to that, I did want to mention. Here's a fun fact. Uh, when Billy and his grandpa are exchanging trivia questions, mm-hmm. let's see, Billy asks his grandpa, which was the first professional African-American baseball player. Yep. And he's like, you'd want me to say Jackie Robinson, but I'm not going to. And he says, uh, Fleet Walker, 1884. Mm-hmm. I forget the team, but must have been a, a local technically professional team that had an African-American player. But yeah. That is kind of a deep cut fun fact. Yeah, I remember we had a trivia contest not that long ago, and somebody pulled that out of their ass <laughs> as a question. And... uh it's weird because, like, the team he played was professional, but the major leagues wasn't, like, 
officially around yet. Yeah, so it wasn't really a thing. It yet. was a weirdly uh, worded question. It was like, who was the first uh, black player in the majors? And it's like, well, what league are you talking? Are you talking about major league baseball? Or are you talking about professional baseball in general? Or just any league with white players? It's basically the first black player to get paid in yeah. baseball, which is probably you know. About 5% of what the, everyone else was making. Anyways, uh, let's not, continue with the funeral. It was not fair back then. So, uh, yeah, there's a video in addition to the will. Yeah. And he added, and he gives ownership of the twins to young Billy. I will say, Grandpa cracks a little joke on the video. If you're seeing this, I must be dead. Ha, 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 ha. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but getting the twins would be every Minnesota kid's dream. That's why this movie was the shit back in the day. Yeah. So then he starts hanging around the uh, Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome. Mm-hmm. Watching practice. You know, he's got to keep an eye on his team now. Yeah. He doesn't like what a Farrell's doing. For some reason, he... Well, he was still going to school, too, so he just go after school, mm-hmm. hang out at the dome. He gets word of a possible trade for Ricky Henderson while he's at school. It was weird. It's a phone call. No, they said Ricky Henderson has been declared a free agent. Yeah. In the middle of the season, they just up and decide that his contract is null and void and he's a free agent. I don't know what the fuck that's about. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So he ends up re-signing with... With whoever. I don't know what team he was on uh, in that season. The A's? Still? I don't know. Is it, where else? He played for the Mets, right? I, I think so. He played for a few teams. But uh, O'Farrell, uh, he managed. I don't want him. I forget what team he, they said he managed Henderson on, but they uh, they did not get along. And uh, he refuses to sign Ricky Henderson. So Billy fires him. Mm-hmm. And he gathers up all his things and the toilet paper from the bathroom <laughs> and leaves in a huff. It must have been good toilet paper. Mm-hmm. I'm taking mean, this fucking thing wasn't home. even like... Uh, Topical for today. There wasn't even a <laughs> pandemic going on. <laughs> I just want to mention, I don't get the toilet paper hoarding. Like, uh, I buy in bulk. Toilet paper? I buy toilet in bulk, paper? but uh, I don't... I don't see why you need like uh, 8,000 rolls and no food at the grocery store. I guess you're not planning on eating, but you're planning on shitting a lot. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> I don't know. I guess you don't want to die stinky. Well, our work doesn't have to worry about us getting fired and taking their toilet paper. Because we'll leave it at sandpaper. That one ply. <laughs> well, it's two ply, but you can see through both of them. <laughs> you can read text through both of them. Uh, <laughs> saving lots of money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, let's get to our next clip here. This is where his friends kind of convince him, you know, you should manage the twins. And then he pitches it. To his superiors. It's well, called, it's called. Peer. I guess his employees, not his superiors. It's called peer pressure. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. 
never fired anyone before. Funny thing is, didn't even matter. Henderson resigned. So who are you gonna get to replace O'Farrell? I don't know. Whitey Herzog turned us down. Same with Valentine. None of the good guys want to work for a kid. You should do it. Yeah, right. Get real. No, you get real. You'd be great. Know how hard it is to manage? It's the American League. They got the DH. How hard could it be? Yeah, think of it. You could lead the Twins to the pennant. Manager of the year. Billy, serious, man. The Twins need you. Me. Pardon? Me. My choice is me. Billy, you'd be the laughing stock of baseball. Not if we win. Come on, son, be serious. I am serious. You'd help me, wouldn't you, Mac? Well, Billy, it's not that easy. There's a lot to this game, a lot. It's all situations. Situations and tendencies. And the more you've seen, the more you know what to do. Okay. Try me. What? Make up a situation. Try me. All right. We're playing the Yankees. No one out. Scales is on first. Great speed. Lose up. Two and one count. Abbott's on the mound. Lefty. Lonnie's on deck. And remember, he's a switch hitter. What do you do? What's the score? Tie game. What inning? Home or away? Eighth. Home. Who's catching? Who's rested in the bullpen? Who's up in the ninth for the Yanks? Stanley. Everyone. Seven, eight, nine. Okay. I'll let Lou hit away. With Mattingly holding scales, he's got that big hole to hit to. No, see, that's what I'm talking about. You got lefty against lefty. Lou's a good bunner. You only need one run, so you sacrifice to go ahead and run to second with only one out. No. You sacrifice him to second, they walk Lonnie and bring in Steve Farta pitch to Spencer. So you've taken the bat out of our two best hitters, our three and four men, and we've got Spencer, a righty with no speed, against Farr in his palm ball. Which means... Double play. You can pitch hit for Spencer. Now you've taken the bat out of our three, four, and five hitters. Not exactly great trips to the heart of our order. Any questions, Mac? Yeah. What's he need me for? Why the fuck would you have your number three hitter bunting? You just need one run? Like, no wonder you're fucking losing games. <laughs> just need one run. Twins did that for a long time, known as uh, trying to manufacture runs because they didn't have any power hitters. Why? Not enough. Uh, I will say I remember uh, in the 2000s at least back back in the day they had uh, they had this guy on their team that he didn't play very often for the Twins and then they they would put him in there to to bunt from time to time and I don't know what ever happened to him he was a, he was a guy he's from the Dominican Republic um, and his name was uh, David Ortiz. Uh, do you know what happened? Uh, he, he just kind of disappeared once he left well, the team. That fucker couldn't stay healthy. I mean, he, uh, <laughs> it just, you know, 
He he was just kind of a scrub. They just put him in there to to lay down a bunt from time to time. And his injury problems just seemed to go away once he went to Boston. I don't know what he was. He must have been on that TB12 when he got up to Boston. Well, they got that that uh, <laughs> medical staff up there, you know, strength and conditioning. <laughs> yeah. Best of the best. Yeah, we should have held on to him. Oh, did you uh, notice right after this clip, that guy, I don't know if he's uh, the GM. I think so, the, yeah. Basically president of basketball or baseball operations. Is that Kevin Dunn? Yeah. And he, he's talking to the commissioner. He's like, no, we're, we're serious here. This kid is for real. To be honest, we could use the publicity. It's only June, and people are already starting to talk about gopher football. <laughs> I did catch that. <laughs> he says it's okay with him if it's okay with your mom. <laughs> then Billy calls his mom, and he says, he said it's okay with uh, with him if it's uh, or No. It's okay with him if it's okay with you. Yeah. You said the opposite of what the guy said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people are already talking about gopher football. Even 30 years after being relevant in, in the early 90s, people were still caring. Yeah. Go for football. No, everybody's on the, the bandwagon for the, the go front, for football. Front runners are back. <laughs> people who never even went to the school are saying, that's my school. <laughs> they represent the whole state. We're they're pretty the, good for... They're like, the University of Minnesota, after all. <laughs> they were pretty good in the late 90s and early 2000s, but that was just a team full of choke artists there, basically. Well, what is it? They had a few years where they had, what, uh, Lawrence Maroney and Marion Barber III, mm-hmm. who both went on to be... 03 pretty, was probably the most famous example where they were... Pretty good. Uh, I think they were 18th at the time, undefeated. They're playing Michigan, who's also undefeated, at home. Michigan was, I think, ranked 12th or something like that. And we're up by 24 points going into the fourth quarter and lost in regulation. (laughs) There was like two block punts. Oh, my God. I don't know. There was a whole bunch of shit happening. They just pissed it away. What was that one bowl game they went to? That was when they had Barber and Maroney. What was that one bowl game they went to? I want to say it was in Arizona. And they got up by about... uh, 30-something points by halftime, and then they went into the prevent defense, and they they lost by, like, a couple touchdowns at the end of the game. Yeah, I can't remember. I forget who they played. <laughs> There's so many times they did that, <laughs> that I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about specifically. It was, like, one of the worst choke jobs in the history of college football bowl games. Although also in the early 2000s, they did beat Alabama in a bowl game. That was also back when Alabama that was, that was pre Alabama. That was before. That was before Tricky Nicky got it. But in don't there. tell that to them or anybody in the SEC. That's still SEC football. <laughs> they beat Auburn this year in the bowl game. So. Like we have the best two teams in the league <laughs> in the country. That means our whole conference is really good. Mm-hmm. All right, back to baseball. Let's get some reactions from the uh, the players in the clubhouse talking about it. How the hell do they expect us to play for a kid? How's a boy going to know any strategy? What do you care? You never throw to the right base anyway. Fight. Hey, there's no way a kid can do this. No way. Tell me about it. I thought going two for August in 91 was a low point in my career. This is going to be a nightmare. I don't know, man. Kids today are amazing. I played winter ball down in Venezuela. They had kids half his age. Every one of them speaking Spanish. That's a hard language. 
They speak Spanish in Venezuela. I know. That's my point. What are you going to do, Lou? Pretty much what I always do. If I'm in the lineup, I'll play. If I'm not, I won't. Does anyone else find it disconcerting that our new manager can't get into an R-rated movie for another six years? <laughs> oh, that's good, Bowers. Oh, that's rich, real funny, you know. I mean, this kid's taking food off our table, and you guys are sitting around making jokes. Well, I don't know, I don't know about the rest of you geniuses, but I'm not putting for this crap. I'm gonna be a free agent next year, and I will be damned if I'm gonna let my career be ruined by some mutant little leaguer. As Billy walks in. Oh, he's right behind me, isn't he? <laughs> McGreevy doesn't give a shit. I forgot, Billy is 11 because his birthday comes up later. Yeah. And he turns 12 later. Can't get into an R-rated movie for another six years. Bowers is my favorite character in here. It's probably about the only thing it's I like Jonathan good. Silverman in. <laughs> I know the name and I kind of recognized him, but I, I can't think of what else I've seen him in. Well, I've never really watched Weekend at Bernie's one or two. I've seen, seen Weekend at I've seen Weekend at Bernie's and I didn't think it was very good. I yeah. That was kind of shitty. I'm not very interested. Uh, he's in Caddyshack 2, which Caddyshack 2 sucks. Uh, Only good thing about Caddyshack 2 is Randy Quaid. That's saying <laughs> something. So, yeah. And he was in this and then because uh, like his career just took a nosedive after Caddyshack 2 was 87 or 88. Hmm. That was right around Weekend of Bernie's time. So he was, you know, he was hot for about a year or two and then yeah. nosedive. And then he's in this in 94. Did he do TV? Yeah, it was, uh, was it Living Single, I think? Wasn't Living or the Single Guy or something? It was something single. Wasn't Living Single the Queen Latifah one? Yeah, I think so. I think he was like the single guy or you can look it up. This is also about the same time we're introduced to the voice of the Minnesota Twins, John Gordon. Although he has some weird fake name in here, Wally Holland. Don't know why they would have a fake name. Doesn't make any sense, but he was a legend for uh, the Twins calling games from 87 to 2011. And uh, I have some clips here. Here's some useful facts. I got three of them. Strike one. Oh, boy, he sure looked bad swinging at that pitch. Last year, though, he was sixth in the American League at hitting right-handers he was facing for the first time after the seventh inning at home. So that's something to keep in mind. <laughs> I'll just play all his clips now. Another tough loss for Minnesota. They're fourth in their last five games. And Billy Haywood remains winless in his young career. An interesting side note, that's the 14th one-run game for the Tigers already this year. Tops for any team north of the Mason-Dixon line whose home games are not played in a dome. <laughs> Still using the Mason-Dixon line as a point of reference. Oh. And one more. Hanley looks in for the sign. Lou, by the way, has hit 416 lifetime versus Hanley in the month of September. In even years. So that certainly bodes well for this at bat. <laughs> oh, I love oh, those little factoids. Yeah, Jonathan Silverman was the single guy. Yep. From 95 to 97. He was also in Death Becomes Her, which is a pretty good movie. I don't really remember. <laughs> I don't think he had a very big role. Yeah, I don't know. Played Jay Norman. But it is a, it focuses just on the the three main actors for most of that movie. So 
I don't know how much he did. He bequeathed his career to his sister, is what he did. He was on 16 episodes of Gimme a Break in the 80s, mm. which was Nell, Car- uh, Nell Carter starred in that show. But enough about Jonathan Silverman for now. Yeah. He has some good moments in here. He's a mic drop moment later in the film. That'll be our last clip. But, uh, yeah, so Billy starts managing the team, and they are still losing. His debut did not go well. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, he makes a promise to the players that in two weeks they don't start winning, don't start having fun, then he'll quit. But he just wants to emphasize he wants players to have fun. You know, Baseball should be about having fun. So you mentioned he tries to take uh, black blackout. I forget what blackout's real name was. Mm-hmm. Just, they have a release the power pitcher. They have a relief reliever. pitcher. He's like Kenny Powers before Kenny Powers, <laughs> yeah. and uh, he's not pitching well. So Billy wants to take him out, and Mac offers to go and do it for him. But Billy says, "I'm the manager. I gotta do it." <laughs> and uh, Blackout pitches a, a little bit of a hissy fit mm-hmm. on the mound when he's asked to to come out. Yeah. Bringing in Bowers. <laughs> also, uh, kind of a fun side note. So, before the Twins moved to Target Field in 2010, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, they played in the Metrodome since the early 80s. And the Metrodome, for baseball purposes, was kind of a pile of shit. <laughs> they it's a, have to it's fold. a football stadium. Yeah. yeah they got to fold part of the bleachers in. So you have this tall wall in right field where there's no seats until you get to the very upper deck. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that would be closed. They would put banners down to kind of cover up the upper deck. Yeah. To make it look more of a more like a baseball park. And they'd have basically it was like a bag instead of a wall in right field. It was like a plastic bag. Right. <laughs> and there wasn't room for a bullpen over there. Because that would mess with all the seating. So they had the bullpen on these sides of the field. So on either side of the foul lines, and mm-hmm. first and third, they just had a mound for either team to use for their bullpen. Right. The relief pitchers would just sit in fall territory along the <laughs> along the wall, completely unprotected other than a uh, uncoordinated ball boy yeah. who's watching. Supposed to block the fall balls from hitting the catchers and pitchers. Yeah. But only when they're warming up. Yeah. I think uh, there's a couple other ballparks that have that. Oakland Coliseum, I don't think, uh, has a bullpen. So I don't I think, think they have it. Well, I can't remember if they do or not. I thought they got rid of those uh, uh, a couple of years ago. They uh, decided that they couldn't have bullpens on the field anymore. It's possible because I know there was a couple. And it kind of changed the game because it increased the amount of foul territory. Yeah. So there was more space for players to go run and get outs. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Metronome was a bit weird. Still have fond memories of the Metronome. It was always fun and loud as fuck. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it was a dome, but it wasn't like a pla- – it wasn't covered in a plastic dome. It was a basically a Teflon cloth substance <laughs> that covered it, and it had to be inflated. That's how it stayed right in, in its dome shape. And whenever you'd leave after a Vikings game or a Twins game, you'd walk out the doors and you're basically blown out of the building. Right. There's so much 
air pressure in there. They had revolving doors, and it, it was would like just... sixty-seven mile an hour winds pushing you out of there. That <laughs> <laughs> was always the best. Leaving, it was like, oh, this is gonna be fun, and like you'd you'd take a little like half jump step or something, yeah. and you just kind of get blown out. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> Especially when you're a kid. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I remember one time they did a story on the news about how the uh, the steps in the the Metrodome were uneven. And so they had a whole bunch of people tripping and falling <laughs> as they're walking up and down the stadium steps. Because, like, there'd be up to, like, a, a two-inch difference between each step, whether it's, like, two inches higher than the one above, uh, below it or, or two inches less, shorter mm-hmm. than the one below it. And it was completely, like, random. And uh, so people would misstep all the time and just, like, trip and fall and... They did a, it was so common that they made a, a whole news story segment about it. Maybe it was just uh, a cover-up for, you know, trying to cover up all the drunk Vikings fans. <laughs> or the Twins fans in the 90s after the World Series win. Right. Yeah, especially after Kirby Puckett went down with that uh, eye problem. Hit, hit, in the, hit in the face by a pitch. Yeah. And then uh, he was back for a little while i think but then he just kind of woke up one morning and his vision was gone it was yeah. from that yeah i think he had like a detached retina and then he developed uh it's some kind of other glaucoma disease, i yeah. think yeah ended his career r.i.p kirby pocket still a little you can say it minnesota but other places are isn't he the guy that uh was a great ball player, don't, and then he started. Uh, don't ask about restaurants. Acting inappropriately at restaurants. Don't ask about restaurant bathrooms. Mm-hmm. We'll pretend like that didn't happen. Or cheating on his wife for like twenty years. <laughs> I remember as a kid, had a we had a a book that uh, that my I think my mom bought it for us, like a kids book, and it was a story of. How in 1991, Kirby Puckett said to his team, come on, jump on my back and I'll carry you. And then he hit the home run to send it to game seven. Mm-hmm. And then they, they won the World Series because of Kirby Puckett. Mm-hmm. He's a local legend. That he is. One of the most famous game sixes ever. I guess individual performance-wise. He kind yeah. Of basically makes a catch at the wall. Next inning, he steps up and hits a walk-off homer. And then every time they show that... Uh, we will hi- see you tomorrow night. Every time they show that highlight, Joe Buck goes, that's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> everyone from Minnesota says, shut the fuck up. <laughs> we don't like you. <laughs> we don't like you, Joe Buck. <laughs> uh, she also mentioned that John Gordon was uh, famous for his home run called Touch Em All. Whoever had a home, home run, Touch Em All, Kirby Puckett, as in yeah. Touch Every Base. That was kind of his little line he was known for. He did say it in this movie. Yeah, he did uh, Mickey Scales, I think, when Scales hits it in game ball, 163. Scales. Which the, no, that's, that's probably the most believable thing in this movie because there was like two or three years uh, in a span, like two out of two or three out of five years yeah. where twins went to a, a game 163. Right. <laughs> and there was one year that they didn't go to a 163 but they won the division on the last game of the season Mm -hmm. but yeah i know they've won a game 163 and lost one in the late 2000s but i can't remember if they played three 
I don't. Either way, I it was it was kind of a common occurrence in the late aughts. It was a contest to see who gets to lose to the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, and we won every year. <laughs> uh, I think up next is uh, is Billy's birthday at the Valley Fair. Oh, love Valley Fair. Oh, this was pretty wild thing. That it was. The corkscrew was this, the hot shit on the block. Yeah, and the wave. Wave still is. Still love the wave. They must have taken down the sign that said uh, Splash Zone on -hmm. that bridge unless they uh, put it up after this movie. And plus, I thought that bridge, it's been a couple of years since I've been on the wave, but literally only a couple. I think I went with my brother two or three years ago. I never went on it because I didn't want to get wet. Yeah, you get soaked every time. But I think that bridge is for when you're leaving the ride. That's, there's uh, a splash zone. There's IMDb trivia about that. Okay. <laughs> they were on the the exit bridge, so they're like sneaking on the the back end. Yeah. So people didn't really walk by and like, oh, I wonder what this ride is like. That wouldn't happen. <laughs> Although there is like, uh, there's a railing outside of the ride area. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, right where there's walkways there, uh, all, a bunch of carnival stuff, you know. And, uh, if you're standing by the railing, you can get wet. Mm-hmm. But there'll be splash marks that kind of come into the crowd, I guess, if you're walking by and not paying attention. But right. You wouldn't get soaked like these two. I know. It's first date, ruined basically. His, ruined his corn dog. It's like, I'm going to go to my, my manager's birthday party and <laughs> hit on his mom. <laughs> <laughs> Just can't turn down an invite from my, from my boss, right? <laughs> He's got to go to the birthday party. Yeah. Along with zero other teammates. <laughs> I didn't uh, see any other teammates. Only there. two friends. You think Bowers would be there? You would think <laughs> that Billy could afford to bring more people to Valley Fair. He owns the fucking twins. Yeah. I guess he doesn't have a lot of liquid assets. <laughs> Valley Fair is located uh, southwest of the Twin Cities in a suburb, Shakopee. It's kind of by the Horse Track Casino. I was like the horse track and the casino, I should say. I always like to pronounce it shake a pee. <laughs> and uh, it's kind Shikopi. of Shakopi. <laughs> it's kind of like our Six Flags. It was almost bought by Six Flags at one time. Was it? Yeah. They were talking about buying it, but then they never did. They've added several rides over the years mm-hmm. since uh, this movie was filmed. Yeah. It's a pretty big amusement park, and there's a big water park now and yep. a lot of water, new water slides. Yeah, probably. All right. Uh, yeah, so sparks are flying between Lou Collins and Billy's mom. Uh, the team is playing well now because they're having yeah. fun. They're playing loose. Yeah. Billy's uh, introducing some trick plays. Favorite one is that uh, when he t- guy takes the walk, Mickey Scales is on third with great speed. Mm-hmm. So the guy starts sprinting to first after a walk, and then he just keeps going to steal second. Yeah. The catcher hesitates. Because Scales could be coming home. Mm-hmm. And he eventually throws it to second. Safe at second. They throw back home. Scales beats out the throw. They yeah. score a run. And then, That's a uh, fun play. Not Lou s- Pinnell is confused. Not seen in that uh, that movie. What they cut out is the next guy got hit right in the helmet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a Bush League <laughs> play right there. <laughs> this is professional. The unwritten <laughs> rules were not displayed in where, the Little Big League. Where is Brian McCann when you need him? <laughs> Keeper of the game. 
Did you see uh, Blackout was getting ready for one game and uh, he was wrapping his gum around his tobacco? <laughs> yeah. He had a baseball-sized hunk of chewing tobacco, and he just starts wrapping his bubble gum around it. it he barely, wrapped his big league chew around his big league chew. <laughs> just barely covers anything. And then he – I don't even know if they showed him put it in his mouth. I mean, it was yeah. – yeah. It was so big, I don't even know how he got it in there. It was like a whole can. I think they outlawed tobacco in the in the uh dugout now. Yeah. After Tony Gwynn died of <laughs> mouth cancer. Uh so yeah, they're continuing to win and having a lot of fun on the road. I got a clip here, but I should probably also mention that Billy's having more fun than his friends on the road because he's Watching porn every night. <laughs> Eleven <laughs> times. What was it? Night not, Nurses from Jersey. Night Nurses from Jersey. <laughs> but uh, there's also a riddle that is he a sleeps, recurring joke. Yeah, Billy sleeps through the, the next day's game because he was staying up watching, <laughs> yeah, night watching porn all night. <laughs> Same movie. You think he'd like... You know, there's plenty of them offered on those. He calls his fr- hotel rooms. He calls. Uh, he called Chuck, I think, to tell him about it. Yeah, He's like, you wouldn't believe it. You could just put it. It's just on the TV. <laughs> there's shenanigans going on in the hotel rooms where Bowers and some of the other guys are dropping water balloons out the window, <laughs> <laughs> uh, along with Billy, of course. Billy has to go check on it because he's the manager. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's bored with their fancy dinner with the GM and Mac. There's a recurring joke, or I should say a recurring riddle, that, uh, not McGreevy, but who's the other player that... Bowers, isn't it? He reveals the answer to the riddle at the end. It wasn't his riddle? I was thinking I don't think so. It was, uh, who's that guy that uh, he ignores the call, and uh, uh, then he acquiesces and caves into the... The good feeling, the good vibes. Oh, uh, the Lonnie Ritter. Lonnie, no. Wasn't it Lonnie Ritter? It was a Ritter? white dude that kind of looked like McGreevy, but wasn't McGreevy. He was the catcher. Mark Hodges? Yeah, Hodges, I think. Well, he's the one talking in this clip, so you'll hear him. But uh, there's a, a riddle about a man riding into a town in the Old West on Friday. Oh, by the way, Blackout's name is John Gatling. Yep, John Blackout Gatlin. What a stupid nickname. Why isn't his nickname Gatling Gun? <laughs> yeah. Now, how's it go again? A cowboy rides into town on Friday. He stays three days, and he leaves on Friday. How did he do it? All right, one more time. Sure. Okay, there's a cowboy. Right. He rides into town on Friday. Step on that pig, weigh 250 pounds. He used to waller in the mud all no, the time. What do you mean? Well, it's a scientific fact. A pig becomes a hog at 180 pounds. So, so what's that make your wife? Fat. <laughs> uh, major leaguer with a hog of a wife, I guess. Probably a high school sweetheart. Mm-hmm. You know, married for love, not for money. Yep. She's a keeper. It's a real winner. That no, you know, he's got integrity. Mm-hmm. Except he calls his wife fat. <laughs> it's just the facts. I wrote a couple that, of things I wanted to bring up. I wrote that McGreevy is a real dick. Yeah. Oh, Until that, the end of the film. I think that's, uh, he was trying to refuse to go into the game. Yeah, I or think he, you should trade me. Or he's like playing, he was playing shitty. 
and uh, on purpose because he yeah. wants to get traded. Billy reminded him that it's a contract year, and we're not going to trade you. <laughs> uh, a couple other things I wanted to bring up. Do you remember Northwest Airlines? <laughs> yeah. Sure do. Mm-hmm. That's something that uh, doesn't exist anymore ever since. Like a butt by uh, Delta. Ever since 10-11, basically. <laughs> Has it been that long? No, I just meant like, you know, after 9-11, it was kind of, it, it lasted for what, maybe a couple of years? I I thought it was around, uh, it was I don't think it was that long ago that they got bought by Delta. I thought it was a long time ago. Probably less back than, in the odds. Probably less than 10. That it started to really struggle after 9-11 and then just kind of went the way of the dodo. I, I was thinking that it was uh, maybe in the last 10 years. So when we get to kind of the turning point where they start playing bad, it's because uh, Billy's getting some bad habits. He's grumpy all the time, probably because he's staying up all night watching porn. <laughs> And uh, he argues a call with uh, the umpire. I'm surprised he didn't forget all his baseball facts. Mm-hmm. He yells at him, you ever heard of certs? <laughs> like, God, I have not seen a certs since the 90s, I think. Tic Tacs are still around. Do they still make certs? That's what I'm wondering. Do they have certs? I know they don't have Northwest Airlines. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't bought breath mints in a long time. I, uh... I don't care that my breath smells. <laughs> uh, my go-to back in the day was Smint. Did you ever get what Smint? What the fuck is Smint? It had a cool case where you'd, you'd click it and it would just, uh, one would come out and then uh, you'd, you'd suck on it. And there, it's, a, it's a Pez dispenser. That's not no, a breath It was mint. different. It was different. <laughs> I don't know if they... your breath stunk, you're just sucking on candy. (laughs) Sugar candy. No, it was minty. (laughs) They were pretty strong. They were menthol? They weren't weren't quite uh, Altoid strong, but they were uh, stronger than most other mints. Strong, just not curiously strong. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Billy's starting to lose control of the team here, and uh, he loses it against this umpire and calls him some very choice insults. It's never revealed what he says, but uh, the umpire does reveal it to Billy's mother, who promptly mm-hmm. suspends him for a game. Yeah. I have a clip from his press conference. The way I see it, I've got to do what's best for Bill Haywood. So, for now, to avoid a more severe penalty, I will submit to my mother's suspension. But I don't agree with it. A Bill Haywood must be allowed to speak his mind to an umpire. Otherwise cannot fully do his job she also tells him he's got to quit watching porn (laughs) 11 times they must have been a good movie they sent him they (laughs) sent her the bill yeah i don't get why she gets the bill i would think that the the hotel would be a little embarrassed that they allowed a a 12 year old to watch night nurses from jersey 11 times Hey, it's all on the team's account. Oh, my. This is another reason the mother should not be getting the bill. Should we mention a few other things? Uh, Billy cuts Jerry Johnson. His favorite player. His favorite player. He, he he would not trade his baseball card for all the other baseball cards. Mm-hmm. It was like a, and Jerry offered him like a Mickey Mantle card or something <laughs> or other. And, and I wouldn't do it. 
and uh, Jerry Johnson says, well, I'll tell my wife that we can't eat because Billy uh, cut me, but it's okay because he wouldn't trade my card. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, how much money are you spending a month? <laughs> that you, you're, Jerry, you've been in this game a long time now. <laughs> you're like a 20-year vet <laughs> and you have no savings. I was going to mention, too, uh, did you notice Billy had a bunch of different sports memorabilia up on his walls in his bedroom? Yeah. And he had, I don't know, he had some baseball stuff. and But then I noticed he had two NFL pennants, you know, those little triangular flags. Yeah. And a Vikings one, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. But he also had a Jets one, a Jets pennant. God, maybe he was just what uh, a glutton for punishment. He was riding the hot hand in the late sixties. He's like, we got, I got the Jets, and what sixty eight, and he got Vikings sixty nine. These are the teams. <laughs> it's a glutton for punishment. Twins, Vikings, Jets. <laughs> Well, to be fair, the Jets and the Twins have won something. Well, well, the Twins much more recently than yeah. than the Jets. The, the Vikings did win an NFL championship, but not the Super Bowl. And then uh, also, Lou is just hanging out at the house with Billy's mom, just chilling at the house. And uh, Billy sends him home because his mom says, you got a curfew on mm-hmm. your day off. And uh, Billy says, well, I'm Lou's boss, and he's got a curfew, too. Mm-hmm. He's just being a real Richard. Real, uh, exactly. <laughs> He's a jerk to his friends at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. What a douche! The Cape Crusader does not eat fast food. Did you notice that he said to his friends, and I quote, "You guys are both retarded." <laughs> yeah. End quote. <laughs> In a family film. He's I'm just about not- to say Disney movie, but. This isn't a Disney movie. I don't think so. Just nonchalantly, like, he just says it every day. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just part of his vocabulary. 90s like, kids were the worst. got to cancel Luke Edwards. 90s kids were the worst. <laughs> just casually. And up. late 80s time travelers. <laughs> just casually throwing out the R word. I hope when Will Sadler is talking about how the new Bill and Ted as the spirit of the originals. I hope he's talking about they're keeping those F words in there. <laughs> I think people will be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> Fans of the originals. <laughs> oh. Anyways, uh, I think uh, what I have next is that. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to talk about the McDonald's scene more, or should we just? Not really. He's just. I mean, there's several scenes where he blows off his friends. Seems just like product placement. Yeah, he blows off his friends a couple of times. He always tries to buy them off of signed balls. They end up getting this new friend who they just treat like shit. (laughs) Lowell. They don't let him talk. They treat him as their slave. They make up carry shit. And there's one scene where Chuck's just sitting on his head. Yeah. I can't talk right now. I'm sitting on Lowell. (laughs) What? First of all, where did this kid come from? Second of all, why is he just taking it? Is he that desperate for human companionship? And at the end, uh, like, oh, you know, they said, this friend said, Lowell said we should take it easy on you because, you know, it's 
It's a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, you know. It reminds me of my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, Lowell said that? He goes, yeah, actually, uh, kind of smart once you let him talk. Made a lot of sense. <laughs> so they finally let him talk. But, uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, Billy regains his youthful enthusiasm after playing a game of stickball under the alias Jim Bond. So he has the Chris Berman interview. Yeah. He's like, I ain't got, ain't got time for this. <laughs> Throws down his mic. And then uh, even before, so there's a, there's a, a little bit before he finally gets his uh, sense of childhood wonderment back. Yeah. He suddenly has a problem with Lou fucking his mom, so he benches him. <laughs> <laughs> Just out of the blue. And then, uh, yeah, they start losing. And then we find out that uh, Lonnie's been playing with separated ribs for, like, how long did he say? Like, eight days or eight games or something? Or eight weeks? I don't know. Basically, however long he's been playing shitty. Yeah. And uh, Lou rats him out. And then uh, Billy... You know, he's thinking about that, and Lou kind of talks to him a little bit. And then uh, they're back in New York or whatever. Were they in New York or Boston? I can't remember. And as you mentioned, he's just wandering the streets and just happens upon a stickball game. They have an odd number of kids, and they need one more to make Mm -hmm. even teams. The kid recognizes them. And he's like, oh, you know, if I was really Billy Haywood, what would I be doing here? Right. And even has his baseball card, and he looks at it, and he's like, nah. <laughs> and how does uh, how does Billy introduce himself? It's Jim Bond. Bond. <laughs> Jim Bond. Those kids are dumb. No, they're not. They are what? <laughs> <laughs> we only reserve that for our loved ones. <laughs> team turns it around and uh let's just get to the game 163 they tie it up in the end of the season because the mariners lost see i think the like six in a row they lost yeah like three or four in a row or something they had to and lose then the twins won if the twins had lost one game and the mariner or the mariners had won one game the mariners would have clinched but the twins won out and the mariners lost out that kind of happened in 06 to win the division Detroit had to lose the last three games, and we had to win the last three. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. We won the last three, and Detroit lost all three. So we won it on the last day. And everyone kind of hung out in the Metrodome because the Tigers game is still going on. Everyone kind of watched it happen live and mm-hmm. whatnot. But, uh, yeah, so we well, game 163. Mariners are in town. We get Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. Stud. He was when he played for Seattle. Mm-hmm. Then he went to Cincinnati and just kept getting hurt. Yeah. I saw him when he was healthy. I was at Wrigley Field watching him take on the Cubs. He had one of his best games ever. When he was in Cincinnati? Yeah. In 07, I saw him. I see. I can't remember if I ever went to see the Twins play the Mariners. Yeah, I'm not, I can't remember I if I remember. saw him when he was with the Mariners, but I saw him when he was with the Reds. He actually had a good game. A couple of web gems in right field. I see. All right. So uh, this was this was prime Ken Griffey Jr. Yep. Riptide in full effect. Nobody ever questioned whether Griffey was on steroids or not. He was above suspicion. 
Yeah. And I kind of believe it, too, because he kept on getting hurt. <laughs> <laughs> the thing it's, is, he was really strong and fast for about 10 years, and then he had a lot of tendon injuries. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. It wasn't even 10 years. <laughs> a lot of... He was great for about five years, and then injuries started taking their toll. Well, he started in the eighties, and then he was good till about uh, the the end of the nineties when he went to to Cincinnati, and then he kept pulling muscles and and uh, I don't know what kind of injuries he had, but there are uh, kind of injuries you sometimes see from people who may use steroids for an extended period of time. Yeah, but people also come back from injuries very quickly when they're on steroids. And he never came back quickly for about 10 years. Well, he probably got off of steroids. Yeah, but... And then he started I've, getting hurt. <laughs> <laughs> that also could mean, though, that he went off of steroids about six years before everybody else. Well, when did he go to Cincinnati? Like 2000, 2001? Something like that. You saw him in 07, so maybe it was even later than that. Because they were starting to scrutinize it around, uh, I'd say, 05, 06. And then 07, I think, was when the the list came out of the uh, internet pharmacy. When did Bonds break the record? I want to say like 03? Or maybe it was 2001, but then he he did it like the next three years in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Because he hit like 70, and then he did like 72, and then 74, and then 75. (laughs) And then he ended up breaking the all-time record, too, and then he hit another like 200. Echo, put that asterisk on the baseball. (laughs) That was pretty good. Worth it. So, yeah, we got game 163. Mariners go up on a Griffey home run. I think it was a three-run homer, wasn't it? Yep. An upper decker. Yeah. A no-doubter. Yeah. Touch them all, Ken Griffey Jr. And then Mickey Scales comes up. And uh, Billy tells him to swing away, and he, he hits a three-run homer. And ties, he, ties it up. Yeah, it goes in extra innings for a while. And don't the Mariners score, I think, two runs? One or two runs. Well, you kind of mentioned this Actually, earlier. I think it's one. In the tenth inning, they walk Griffey, and they do the the trick pickoff play. Basically, a variation of the hidden ball trick. Yeah, and they got everybody's in on it. Security's in on it. The bullpen's in on it, and they uh, he fakes is that it. better or worse than banging trash cans? <laughs> <laughs> Since you got. People outside the team involved, like the security guards. Yeah. He throws his chair up, like, oh, like, where is it? <laughs> and Griffey just kind of walks to second because he's not. Yeah, why isn't he sprinting? He should fucking like, I can get third on this one. Right, yeah. And uh, the pitcher's just standing there waiting to tag him. Bowers. Bowers. <laughs> yeah, so they got him out. But, uh, yeah, they score a run. I forget how, but so basically it's down to the twins last three outs. So they bring out Randy Johnson after, uh, I think there's an out. They scored in the 12th on an error by That's Larry right. Hilbert. Yep. And he's all depressed in the dugout and Billy tells him a lie. The <laughs> <laughs> situation from a game back in the day. Like Billy knows every pitch of every play. 
uh, every game that ever happened in Major League Baseball. It's like he couldn't find one situation where somebody had an error and then had a game-winning hit the next inning. Not in the World Series. <laughs> I like how Mac just like, you know, they lost the series, right? That that error killed him. Like, mm-hmm. shh, he's right there, just trying to get his confidence up. And uh, he ends up getting a single. And uh, but I think there's two outs. Luke Collins is up to bat, so they bring out Randy Johnson. Well, Lou is waiting to get his turn, and he says to uh, to Billy, "Guess what? I just proposed to your mom." <laughs> During the game. <laughs> I was over there talking to your mom. I was supposed to be on deck, but uh, I was proposing to your mom. No ring. You know, she, does, she doesn't need material things. She, He's yeah. trying to win a ring right now, Brett. <laughs> and uh, Billy says, you can, you can marry my mom if you hit a home run. And he says, never mind. You can marry her anyways. So, so nice of him. Randy Johnson brushes him off the plate once or twice, <laughs> sending a message with the high heater. And then Lou, he cracks when he's got uh, lefty against lefty. Looks like it's uh, it's uh, on its way out center field. But you know who's out there in center field? Minnesota reality. <laughs> and his name is Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> Leaps and makes a catch at the wall. They still had the plexiglass up. For this movie, I thought they took it down. But before, he makes uh, the catch just uh, over the bag. But yeah. there's another scene where he makes a catch of uh, the plexiglass because I think that game six catch by Puckett was at the plexiglass. Yeah, because technically he didn't rob a home run, but it was a you know would have been an extra base. It would have, base. Yeah, would have would probably... been at least a triple probably <clears throat> hitting off that plexiglass. <laughs> but they took. I thought they took that down before this movie. Maybe yeah, I know there's a the, shot. I saw it in there. Maybe the '94 season they was the first season they didn't use it. Is what uh, the strike was about. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Lou Collins has warning track power. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> and so he retires. He couldn't pull it. He retired. It's so easy to pull it. I mean, if it maybe if you weren't playing against Randy Johnson, but that right field, ooh, we just got to get over that little flimsy plastic. Plastic garbage bag in right field there. I take that back. Lou does not retire. Billy retires after the game. Mm-hmm. Wants to spend more time fishing, hanging out with his friends. There's there's a few scenes where they go fishing. <laughs> They're sitting on a like a small bridge over a, a like a creek. I think it's over by Minnetonka. <laughs> Did you say Minnetonka? Yeah. <laughs> That's the joke. You have to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. You never heard the term Minnetonka before? No. You saw Dances with Wolves not too long ago. Yeah. Tatunka, Buffalo. Well, I was thinking of the wrestler. <laughs> you don't think of the trucks? Tonka <laughs> trucks from Minnetonka, Minnesota? I was thinking of Tatanka. <laughs> Minnetonka. Who was in uh, Natural Born Killers. Yep. Coincidentally. With. What am I watching here? <laughs> Kill that idiot. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield, He's control cheering, yourself. Cheering the jobber. That dude's uh, in there to lose. So anyways, yeah, Billy wants to get back to being a kid. Name's Mac, the manager. And Jerry, Jerry Johnson comes back as the hitting coach. 
even though he hasn't had a hit in about six months. We kind of skipped over it before the game, though. Before Billy could manage game 163, he needed some help with his math homework. And I think you mentioned that's probably our last clip. That is our last clip. And Bowers has his mic drop moment at the end. If Joe can paint a house in three hours and Sam can paint the same house in five hours, how long does it take for them to do it together? Wait a minute. You never said this was a word problem. Scales, get over here. What's up, man? If I can paint a house in three hours and you can paint it in five, how long will it take us to paint it together? Lonnie! Takes me three hours to paint a house, it takes you five. How long to do it together? What color paint? It's times like this where the veterans really have to step up and lead the way for the young guys. The guys who haven't been here before. It's simple. Five times three. So that's 15. No, no, no. Look, it takes eight hours. Five plus three. That's eight. Oh, man, that's not right. Check it out. There's one, two of them, so it only takes four hours. I should know this. My uncle's a painter. Why don't they just get a house that's already painted? You know, maybe there is no answer. Maybe it's one of those trick questions. You ever think of that? Yeah. I don't know. I mean... Eight sounds good to me. But but there's two of them. Come on, there's two of them. Fallis, 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 Fallis. The chalk, if you please. Thank you. Using the simple formula, A times B over A plus B, we arrive at our answer of one and seven-eighths. Wow. Are you sure? Oh, Oh, but of course, my diminutive leader. Long have I been familiar with the exactitudes of the mathematical world. And Mac, the horse's name is Friday. (laughs) I always love that. Mac, the horse's name is Friday. (laughs) And he just walks off. (laughs) so that was the pre that was the pregame to get ready for game one sixty three. We already went through Twins yeah. lost. Billy Big surprise. Billy <laughs> Billy gives his speech in the locker room about retiring. And then uh it was a security guard Roberts. Yeah, the security guard who earlier I don't know if we mentioned it, he uh he tried to kick Billy and his friends out of the Metrodome. Even though uh, Billy was the owner, and then he got all He's embarrassed. New. Yeah, he just started last week. He was all embarrassed. He doesn't read the news, uh, especially about his team <laughs> he works for. <laughs> it's like, oh, the owner died. You could have sent a memo. <laughs> but uh, anyways, he says uh, they're still here, and Billy's like, who? And he says, all of them, everyone, everyone. And uh, the team walks out. Billy's in the lead. And uh, 
the entire sold-out Metrodome is there chanting for Billy. And apparently one of our co-workers. Billy, Billy, Billy. I think that's a really nice moment. It's it's very Minnesota. It's not a cliche ending. It's very Minnesota. they lose. But yeah, very as you said, very Minnesotan. Very much so. And uh, they don't know that he's retired yet. It's like Moneyball. It's like, you took us from losers to not making the playoffs, but almost making the playoffs. So uh, Speaking of Moneyball, that movie is hilarious because it ends with Logan Reyes being swept by the Minnesota Twins at home. <laughs> uh, losing, you know, the final game to the Twins, which was coincidentally our last post-series or post-season series win. <laughs> Not game, but series was against the A's in 03, I think. I think Billy Bean has admitted that his system only works in the regular <laughs> season. It's like, holy shit, we lost to the fucking Twins in the postseason. Of course, they didn't know that was a big deal at the time. It was the years of fertility that followed. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, they freeze frame, right? They freeze frame on Billy throwing his hat up in the air. Yep. Uh, saluting the crowd. And then we get, uh, in the credits, you get a little uh, montage of the players throughout the, the movie playing mm-hmm. baseball. Anything else to add? Otherwise, we can get into fun facts. Oh, let's get into the fun facts. Hey, everybody, here's some fun facts. You were talking about the pennants earlier, and in Billy's room, there's a pennant behind his bed of the Orlando Rays baseball team. Originally named the Orlando Twins until 1990, the Rays were a minor league affiliate of the Twins from 63, when the Twins first arrived uh, in Minnesota, until 1992. The year after, the Rays became a minor league farm team for the Chicago Cubs. Coincidentally, in 1998, Major League Baseball created a new expansion team better known today as the Tampa Bay Rays. They'll always be the Devil Rays to me. Mm -hmm. Here's a fun fact. So, uh, let's see. The one-game playoff between the Twins and Mariners lasted 12 innings. In 2009, during their last season at the Metrodome, the Twins actually played a one-game playoff, which would last 12 innings. Interestingly, that was also a season during which the Twins' owner, Carl Polad, died and left the team to family members. How about that? I didn't make the connection. That's uh, I think we won that game in a walk-off. Life so imitating art. That's how it's not, because the Twins actually won. <laughs> <laughs> What's that like? Oh, I, it's not in the trivia, or maybe it's in the goofs, but uh, I do want to mention that uh, it's very hard for me to get over the fact that in this movie the twins are always in the visiting dugout (laughs) at the metrodome it's weird it's weird why are you on that side of the field because it was more photogenic than the uh they probably put them over there because they have less seats on the right field side so uh it doesn't (laughs) they don't have to fill them with extras i have one uh local fun fact here Oh, yeah? Mac tells Billy he's going to meet Reggie Jackson for lunch at Houlihan's, a popular restaurant, and invites Billy to come along. As of 2019, there are only three Houlihan locations in the Twin Cities area. One in Egan, one in Richfield, and one in Chanhassen. Here's a fun fact. In a film that contains many references to baseball history, 
The most subtle is that of the Twins pitcher named Mike McGreevy. Uh, In the early 1900s in Boston, there's a saloon keeper with that name who led a group of Boston Red Sox fans called the Royal Rooters. Today they'd be considered a fan club. They would enter in a large procession and sit in the lower left field stands of the old Huntington Avenue grounds and later Fenway Park. Uh, the Rooters, who were often drunk, were known for viciously taunting opposing players and playing music throughout a game with a marching band that accompanied the Rooters. Their biggest claim to fame in baseball history came in the 1912 World Series when they became so disruptive that they delayed Game 7 of the series. Hmm. Uh, the Red Sox eventually won that game, or won that World Series in eight games because... Game two ended in a tie and was called for darkness. Mm. So they play an extra game. Here's another fun fact. I want to bring this up. This is a fun fact. In the movie Major League Back to the Minors, Roger Dorn owns the Twins, but Luke Collins' number four jersey is hanging in the owner's box. Now, I do remember watching that movie. I think it was a made-for-TV movie almost, or straight-to-video I don't think so. I've, I kind of remember that being a theatrical. I remember Major a, League Two. Because I remember uh, seeing advertising for that and not having any knowledge of any other movies in the Major League franchise. And uh, Could have been. I, I do remember. But yeah, I remember watching it once, and like, like the twins are like the... I remember the twins being the villains <laughs> in that movie. Maybe it was Paul Mollister's jersey. Oh, did you notice in the movie that the the home jerseys for the twins did not have names on the back, but the the road jerseys did? Yeah. What the fuck was that about? Because <laughs> the twins always had names on their jerseys. Mm-hmm. Uh, in one scene, Thomas Awood tells Billy, or he talks to Billy about pitcher Walter Johnson. Johnson pitched for the original Washington Senators, who would relocate to Minnesota and become the twins in 1961. In addition, an extra can be seen wearing an old Washington Senator's baseball cap. Mm. That should about do it. Well, uh, we're not sure what we're doing next for our next feature focus, I guess, if that's what you want to call it. Yeah. But uh, this episode I'll probably drop uh, this weekend, maybe sometime, or early next week at the latest. We'll do a recently seen next week as well. I guess on that episode we'll probably decide and talk about what we're going to do what's coming up next for wtm mm-hmm. until then you can reach out to us you can email us at watch this movie at yahoo.com if people still email i don't know uh follow us on twitter at watch this underscore movie or brett at positively wolf one you can check out our website at wtm watch this movie.com and please rate and review subscribe on apple podcast stitcher spotify and many other podcast apps. Uh, Brett, where can people go if they want some of our lovely merchandise? Head over to teespring.com slash stores slash WTM watch this movie. Uh, and if you can't remember that link, it's in both of our Twitter profiles. So it's easy to find t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, uh, tons of designs out there. And uh, maybe some new stuff coming soon. All right. We will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right.
right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you lost my case.